Very good, amen. Wait till next week. There's a great song coming next week. Oh, bring, it, bring rubber bands for your socks next week. You're going to get blessed right out of them. No, don't shoot us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, here we are. Um, this Pentecost Sunday, I want to talk to you about Jesus um, making another I am statement. I am the resurrection and the life. Powerful statements. And it's powerful because we're in the midst of Jesus raising Lazarus. Um, Jesus was um, pretty famous for raising people. I don't know why he didn't raise more, but uh, I do know why. Because it wasn't for show, it was for God's glory. Um, You remember he raised that little girl that had only seen 12 summers, 12-year-old girl. She was just, her body was still warm. And then he raised the young man that was on the way to the funeral, on the way to the cemetery. And uh, his body was pretty cold. (laughs) And then um, he comes here today and we see him raise Lazarus, whose body's been in the grave for four days. Four days, I mean, he's real cold. He's thinking, you know what I mean? And um, and and the the great thing about this, I I heard a pastor one time say, I wonder what that means. Three different si- types of of death, and and then he thought about it and he said, No, they were all dead. Dead is dead, isn't it? it you don't have any 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 hierarchy. It's you're dead or you're got blood pressure, one or the other. And um, it, it's really strange for us to think that that um, Jesus, Jesus. Um, raised people from the dead, and and it didn't com- it didn't take hold like it should have. Well, this morning I want us to look at that little bit of a story. I wish uh, we probably could have done a, a six-week series just on this one. But let, let's read the, let's read his word this morning and grab a hold of what he says. It goes something like this. You don't have to wait for the end. You don't have to wait to die. I am right now. I am right now. Now, I'm going to try to go through this real quick. But just remember the woman at the well. The woman at the well said, one day. And Jesus said, no, no, you don't have to wait for one day. I am it. Okay? Nobody believes him. She trusted him a little bit, went home and told everybody. She became one of those first missionaries, those first witnesses of Christ. But here it is. Uh, You don't have to wait for the end. I am right now the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me does not ultimately die at all. And then there's the famous question. Martha, do you believe this? Family, do you believe this? Mm, This is the word of God for all his people. Let's pray. God, we just thank you this morning for this uh, scripture that will challenge our hearts and and encourage us and bring us healing that will cause us to probably uh, question things, which is good. Help us to be hearers of your word today, which is powerful, but then to make it even more powerful, help us to respond to your word and become doers of it. Be with us. May our hearts be open to what you have to say. And may your servant's words be nothing more than yours. We pray it in Christ's name today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, um, turn with me to John chapter 20. 
John chapter 20, if you have your Bible with you or it's on your iPhone or on your iPad. <laughs> I actually bought my Bible with me today that I have preached from for the last 15 years. A lot of pages, you can't see anything on there but scribbling. So, But in John chapter 20, in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, it goes something like this. <clears throat> to help us understand that Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. You get that? But these that are written are there that you may, now listen to this, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That, my friends, is what the gospel is all about especially in John chapter, uh, in all of John. Um, he, he does, he is focused in on seven miracles. Seven miracles he presents to us just so that we might, listen to it, that we might believe that Christ is the Son of God. That we might understand without a doubt that he is the one that we're supposed to hang on to. And, and the whole book really is about uh, the issue of our faith and who God is. And that's this whole conversation here today is about faith with uh, Mary, with Martha, and with the crowd, and with us today, 2,000 years later. I, I, uh, I had a dear friend. Uh, I had a dear friend that uh, I, his mom and I became very good friends. She was, um, she was um, quite a lady. And... Um, he wanted me to go see her at this one time because she was dying. And um, she had polio. Did you ever see somebody with polio? We don't see that anymore in these days. This was back in the, the early 19, 1990s. She had polio really bad, and she had raised three kids as a single mother. Can you imagine? Her husband left her when, he got polio, when she got polio and said, I don't want to deal with any of this. And we were... I was going to visit her quite a bit at the hospital. And one day I walked in, I, as I walked in the door, her three kids were there, and she's sitting on the bed, and they must have been talking about dying. They must have been talking about the process of dying. They must have been talking about that she was dying, and she was. She died a couple of days later. And, uh, and she looked at me, and she said, there, look at him, and ask him. And I said, ask me what? And she said, well, just how am I doing dying? That's a crazy question, isn't it? Well, I said, honey, you're doing great. And she said, tell him why. I said, no, you tell him. She said, well, it's because I believe in Jesus Christ and I have the hope that I'm not going to die. And I said, that's exactly right. And all the three kids needed to hear that, didn't they? Not for me, but for mom. For mom, and it gave them such peace. Um, Joan, can I talk about Bruce? I was at Bruce, and we were at Bruce's funeral, and, and um, it just came to me. This isn't in my notes. As <laughs> a Bruce's funeral, and, and um, I found myself standing right here. Well, I won't go over there. I, I found myself standing there, and I looked at everybody, and I said, you know, Bruce was not a Christian. <laughs> That's devastating, isn't it, to make that statement? That was quite a shocker when I said that. Uh, th- and I shocked myself. But I said, Bruce was not a Christian. And, and I said, don't, don't panic. I'm going to build on that. But it's this thought right here 
that Bruce had a faith that was much more powerful than being a Christian. You understand what I mean? Because you know my view of Christian today. It doesn't have the meaning that our fathers and mothers had, the great generation. It doesn't have the meaning that Bruce had. I said, no, Bruce isn't a Christian. He's a disciple of Christ. There's a big difference, friends. Amen? And that's what I want to say to you today. When she said, how am I doing? Am I doing okay dying as a person who knows Christ? And she wanted to tell her kids but didn't know how. And then she wanted me to tell them. And I said, no, you tell them. You tell them why. Because just a week before she had said to me, she said, I don't know where I'm going when I'm dying. And I said, well, let's solve that problem. And she said that prayer that, um, that we say. And I'm sure she said that prayer long before she said it that day. But she just didn't have that assurance. This whole issue that we're dealing with when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life is nothing but faith on who we are and what we're about. And faith is what we celebrate in this sanctuary, isn't it? In this sanctuary, we come here in our homes, in the car, not just to have a pleasant service, not just to be here to be seen by everybody, but no, to celebrate um, the faith that we have in Christ. The faith that we have in a God that loves us so much that he gives us his son to die for us. We worship a living God who declares that we can have abundant life right now. If you want to write that down, it's John 10.10. 10. This, this story, I think, is all just an illustration of the foretaste of glory that we will all experience one day. Um, and that's why we sing these hymns, Spirit of the Living God. That's why we sing these hymns, uh, Because He Lives, or, or even He Lives, you know, at, at Easter. Um, but I think the key that God has put on my heart for us today is to share one spiritual truth with you. I hope I can share more, but um, I want to share one spiritual truth with you. And it, it goes like this. It, it's the secret that we can have that abundant life. And the secret is very... Not secretive. <laughs> Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He's saying, I am that for you right now. Not in the future. Yes, he is for us in the future. Not when you die. Yes, he is. But he says, right now, right now, um, the spiritual truth I want you to understand and grab a hold of to, to experience that life and that salvation that God is talking about to us when he says, I am the resurrection and the life, is nothing but having faith in, in Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to know, everybody standing around on this day didn't have that. Friends, Peter did not have it. Peter, did, Peter saw Jesus do all these things. It wasn't really until Acts chapter 10 that Peter grabbed a hold of the fact of who Jesus was. We should go there and spend a couple days. That's why, that's why this is such a, uh, a powerful text that you and I need to grab a hold of and understand that um, faith is all that's needed. And we're going to finish up with that next week. But here, um, the essence of Christian faith, of Christianity, is for me personal pronouns. It's the difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Amen? If you, if you are one of those people who say, yes, I know the Son of God was 
born. Yes, I know that it was Jesus. Yes, I know he died on the cross for me. Yeah, for, not for me, but he died on the cross. Yes, he was raised from the dead. I believe all that. That's not it. John Wesley believed that. John Wesley, I think I've told you a couple of times, got off the boat in Savannah, Georgia, and the bishop of the Methodist church at that time met him there and said, John, do you know that Jesus died for you? And John didn't know that. He said, I know that he died for the world. Well, I want to tell you what, most everybody knows he died for the world. The bishop wasn't happy with his answer, so he asked him again. He said, no, John, do you know that Jesus died for you? And John Wesley, who was there to introduce people to Jesus Christ that he didn't know, said, well, I know that he died for the world. It wasn't until a couple months later when his heart was strangely warmed, and then he could say this, I know that the Son of God, listen to the change in his attitude, I know that the Son of God was born for me. Yes, for the world. Amen? But he was born for me. I know he died for me. I know he was raised for me. And I know he ascended and is at the right hand of God, the Father, just for me. And that he's going to come back just for me. You know, when you say that to people, they say, well, what about me? Yeah, he came to save you too. But do you, listen to the question. Do you believe this? Martha, do you believe what I just told you? I am the resurrection and the life. Martha could not understand it. Could not understand the essence of Christianity. Could not understand or comprehend that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. And I want to tell you what, even in this day and age today, we have the same problem. We have the same problem that Martha and Mary and the crowd have. And have. Um, just real quick, let me share th- three things with you. Jesus on this day, I wish we had time to go through each one of these uh, and spend some time, but we don't. And I just want to make these points to you. Jesus was able to share with Martha a profound truth that she didn't know. And I don't know if she ever grabbed a hold of it, because even, even up to the end, you know, they didn't really put the trust that they had needed in Christ. He says, I am the resurrection. Whoever believes in me won't die. And whoever truly believes in me will never die. Do you believe that? Wow. He reveals his glory to us in this special truth. He says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am what you need right now, not in the future. It's a divine truth that you and I need to get a hold of, a profound truth. Uh, Jesus is saying, Martha, I'm doing this for Lazarus, yes, but I'm also doing it for you. And Jesus says to us, I did this for all these folks, and I'm also doing it for you. I died for everyone but you. Wow. And he did it because, and this is for, um, for um, Karen down in Alabama, if you're listening, honey. He did it because of one reason and one reason only. He loves us. Amen? Grabbing a hold of that. Now, this whole event, though, did not happen without some strong emotion. That's the second thing I want to share with you. There was some strong emotion going on there with Mary, um, everything that was going on. And, and in verse 35, we see that Jesus weeps. And, and I've been to many funerals where um, pastors do their best, and I don't think it's taking it out of context too much. 
but um, they use that as Jesus weeping for for um, the Lazarus and the people around him. But I want to tell you that's not why he was weeping. I wish we had time to go just even talk about the Greek words and the connotation that they're in and all the all the truth that's behind that. Jesus isn't cry, isn't crying because everybody's emotionally crying around him. He's not crying because Lazarus is dead. He's not crying because of any of the other things that we think he's crying for. He has this um, uh, strong emotion because the people didn't believe that he loved them. Did you grab a hold of that? Mary didn't Mary doubted his love. Now, that would make you cry, wouldn't it? If somebody said that to you that yeah, I know you care for me, but I don't think you love me. I don't care for you guys. I want you to know that. I want you to know that right off the bat. Wherever you're at at home, wherever you're at, I don't care for you. I love you. There's a big difference. Amen? Are you with me? You guys with me or are you all asleep? All thinking what you've got to do later on. Come on, this is powerful stuff. I'm telling you, Jesus says, I, I, I mean, and we hear that he weeps in 35 and think that's the greatest thing. But I'm going to tell you what, he weeps again. We don't even get to see it, but we hear him have the strong emotion because of Mary's doubt. Oh, he says, let's go to the grave. And she says, geez, I'm beat, it stinks. You know? But Mary, I told you that this isn't death. When he raised that little girl, there was all those people in there wailing and crying and sad because of this. And he asked them all to leave. Except mom. Asked them all to leave. Why? Because they didn't believe that he could do what he was about to do. And he grabbed her hand and said, honey, come on. Let's go get something to eat. Mary didn't think that Jesus had it in him. And so he cried, and it's not empathy and tenderness. It revealed his strong emotion of how much he loved, and people didn't really believe it. Mary didn't, the crowd didn't. You have to read the whole chapter 11 to see that. Um, but even in his disraughtness and over, overwhelmed by the fact that people all around him were doubting, everything that was going on. The third thing that he did was show his strength and show his power in Christ. Now, you have to read that. He prayed. He just didn't go up there and said, let me, uh, let me show you how to get this guy out of the grave. He didn't do that. He went up there and prayed and asked God to, to display his glory through him. And he walked up there and said, move that stone. And here's the power. You know, I don't, I don't think some people, I, I don't know, I'm kind of not that person. Some people think Jesus walked up there and yelled, get out of there. Say, he walked up there and said, Lazarus, get out here. I don't think he did that. Lazarus was his friend. Amen? Martha was his friend. Mary was his friend. I think he walked up to that empty, uh, that cave in the rocks there and said, hey, brother, come on out. It's okay. And at that moment, blood pressure started again. And he came out, and just like the little girl, he said, get that stuff off of him and get him something to eat. That's the power of Christ. 
We don't have any power. We don't have any problem with him solving the storms in our lives that are just maybe a migraine headache. But cancer is a different story. I'll take care of that myself. We don't think God has the power to take care of that thing that's going on in your body that can't be, can't be done by any science or anything. Memorial Day. Memorial Day coming up. And, and, and there's these friends of mine two years ago that I was with for three years in Vietnam, and he killed himself over Vietnam 50-some years later. There's no healing for him. He couldn't find healing in it because he didn't know that Christ could take care of that pain. I go to the, the VA now and see these young men and women walking around with arms missing and legs missing. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, give me a chance just to talk with them. And I've had that chance and be able to talk with them and find out that their grace is much more powerful than we can ever imagine. Isn't it great? Isn't it fantastic? God's power does that for us. Amen? God's power does that for us. His glory is shown in all that he does. The big question, as I finish up here this morning, is do you believe this? Jesus looked right at Martha. He looked right at at that woman at the well. He looked right at Mary and all the crowd around there, and he says, you know, I'm it. Do you believe it? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? In other words, do you have faith that gets you to the second part? Faith is what gets you to the spiritual life. Believes in me, they will never die, whoever it is. It gets us to that eternal life. Not only the resurrection life, the spiritual life, and the eternal life. It gets us there because we have that faith in God's great power. God is saying to us in this service, he's saying to you right now, I love you this much that I am the resurrection and the life. (laughs) it's the gift he says of myself this glory that you have seen is not for me it's to honor God and to bring you into a realization that I am the one I am echo Amy says the bread of life I am the light of the world the true vine the door the good shepherd I am the resurrection and the life next week we see I am the way the truth and the life come to me he says Come to me, he says. I have more to show you. I am the way. He says, I am it. Do you believe it today? That's what we have to answer. Amen? Amen. Pray with me, will you? Heavenly Father, thank you. Right now, we just want to thank you that you are our resurrection. You are our life. Now, help us to answer that question in our hearts. Do we truly believe this? And if it's not, yes. If we know that you died for the world, that's good, but it's not, yes. Help us to get to the point where we can say, you died for me. You was born for me. You was raised for me. Help us to understand that personal pronoun needs to be there. Didn't happen because you died for my grandma my grandpa, my dad, my mom. It didn't, it didn't matter that, that you died for this church. Uh, it did, didn't it? But what's more important is I believe that you are the resurrection and the life today. Help us to solve that problem if we don't know it truly.
We pray this in your son's name and for his glory. Amen. And those dead bodies can be raised again. <laughs> Let's sing this.